The Hurling Pod on OTB Sports. I look at the way Pekin celebrate. I look at the way Limerick celebrates a monster, right? To, to go, we actually want to win the Leinster. You know, or are they treating it as just another game, another step forward? That's, that's the question I have. Subscribe to the GA Podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 7.53 on this Tuesday morning. You might have seen at the end of last week the news that Tyson Fury was denied entry into the United States after trying to get on a flight from Manchester to New York. Uh, the decision was reportedly taken by the US authorities because of his links with Daniel Kinahan and Nicola Talent, investigations editor with the Sunday World, is with us on the line to discuss. Uh, Nicola, thanks a million for taking the call. Morning. Uh, so what actually happened last Friday? Yeah, last Friday evening, very late, I just got um, a tip off that Tyson Fury had been denied entry to the US. Um, and, you know, it appeared that he had been in Liverpool that evening. But um, the fact is he tried to, he certainly booked a flight um, for midday from Manchester that Friday, but was told that he wasn't gaining access. He's obviously on the, the list, the famous US sanctions list. So I suppose that's a, a big story for Tyson Fury and for his fans. And going forward, if he's banned from the States, you know, the question is, how does that affect his career? Um, I know he said he's retired, but there seems to be, I don't know that much about boxing and that, but boxers seem to constantly retire and get back in the ring. Um, so, yeah, he's he's part of a growing group of people who are finding themselves in serious problems with the states because of the US sanctions on the Kinahan organized crime group. Had you realized before last Friday that he was on the US sanctions list? I think they all probably know, you know, as the time goes on and more and more of them are getting word that they can't enter the country. They probably suspect it. Um, my understanding is that a lot of them are actually booking flights to test the waters, you know, to see whether or not they're going to be given their their visas are allowed in and um you know they aren't necessarily needing to be there for something but they're they're just checking out if they're if they're one of the the band so what what happens uh, or what happened last week is it, is it a situation where he manages to make it to the plane and it's at the other side in the states where he's turned away or is it is it over here where no 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 he didn't he didn't um he didn't fly right they you know they're informed beforehand i'm not exactly sure how it works in the UK, in the uk because they do their immigration on the other side here in ireland we can do immigration clearance on this side but certainly um you know they obviously have to have their documents in place before they even board. And it was at that point that he was told he wasn't going to be granted access. So this banned list consists of roughly 600 people. Uh, like, I guess the vast, vast majority of them, if not all of them, have no real links to crime. I guess this is something of a, of a wake-up for them. And then on the other side of things, there's possibly a sense of fear-mongering from the, the US side of things, saying, listen, you do have, albeit tenuous, links to a crime boss. You will have to pay some sort of consequence for that. Yeah, I mean, look, there's been over the years with the Kinahan organised crime and their involvement, you know, so so deeply into boxing. There has been stories about people not being able to travel to Vegas for Conor McGregor fights, for things like that, a lot of them being turned back. So there had been a sort of a list which I would 
consider was more kind of an inner circle or maybe people closer to the actual crime end of things. But this now seems to have been expanded into boxers and other sports people who were working with Kinahan possibly and his associates, but may not be involved at all in organised crime, but they have found themselves now on this list. Like Tyson Fury, you know, back in 2017 was signed up to the, the, the MGM gym at that stage, founded by Daniel Kinahan and Matthew Macklin. And I mean, I think he has been very public about his relationship with Daniel Kinahan. He has backtracked on it uh, since the sanctions were announced, but he did famously, you know, call him out on that video that went viral um, when he announced that the fight had been organised with Anthony Joshua and he thanked him for brokering that. That was a turning point in a way um, when it came to Daniel Kinahan's ongoing involvement in MTK, which he had, or they had at least insisted, he had completely nothing to do with and he'd sold out of it. Um, him and Macken were... It's said to have sold it completely in 2016. It was at that point that Daniel Kinahan moved out to Dubai. But if you look at the timeline, at the exact same time, MTK removes itself from Europe and centres itself in Dubai as well. So the suspicions were always there. MTK were very, very um, adamant that Kinahan had nothing to do with it. But I think when Tyson Fury called him out as the fixer, um, that muddied the waters a lot. Now, again, regulations within the boxing seem to be that you can work with a boxer um you know without having to be licensed and none of that has been fixed that all still seems to remain very um you know very liquid all that situation i think um boxing will have to start to you know clean up its regulations and and clean itself up look kinahan is toxic now from the point of view of organised crime and from the point of view of boxing, the three Kinahans, the father and the two sons are essentially hunted at the moment. There's a $5 million bounty on each of their heads for information to bring them to justice in the US. And um, anybody connected to them is is feeling the ripple effect of that. You mentioned there earlier that maybe you know, Tyson Fury doesn't get back in the ring and he may not necessarily need to go to the States to fight, but you'd imagine, regardless of whether it's in-ring work or out-of-the-ring work, the United States is an unbelievably lucrative market to somebody like Tyson Fury. But then you've got 600 people on a on a list and you'd imagine that uh, a huge amount of them will be put out, to say the very least, about their inability to travel to the United States. So how does their status change over the next little while? Is it essentially when Daniel Kinahan comes to justice that that, that list will be reassessed or can the United States actually address this on a case-by-case basis? I honestly don't know how they 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 organise that. I mean, you know, it's always been that in the States, if you have a criminal offence, you can't enter, and, and ordinary people also with, with criminal convictions can be banned from travelling there. So um, I don't believe they have a timeline for that. I don't think they have a particular... It's not like getting penalty points that you eventually kind of work your way out of it. Um so, you know, it just it's not clear exactly what the states are going to do or, or exactly uh, where those 600 people would be. And say, for example, 10 years time, whether it's a lifelong ban or not, um, that information isn't coming to us, um, certainly not freely as of yet. 
I'm sure the individuals concerned can try and book a flight in another year, maybe another six months to see how they get on. Um, you know, high profile guy like Tyson Fury, a lot of those people on that list and associates of Daniel Kinahan, we wouldn't be talking about here and nobody would know who they are, but they remain on the list. But somebody high pro- pro- profile like Tyson Fury, any um, travel he does is kind of followed either by the media or through his own social media. So he's not somebody that's going to be able to slip in there unnoticed. Um, but I genuinely don't know whether or not it's a never ending ban or if that ban lifts when the Kinahan organization is, as it's seen by law enforcement, removed off the, the map. When it comes to MTK as a whole, or the former MTK, uh, there's been reports recently that the investigations are continuing into a company that is, uh, to all intents and purposes, a folded company at this point. Can you tell us a little bit about what's actually going on there? Well, MTK weren't named in the sanctions. They weren't one of the companies that was named. There was uh, seven individuals and a number of companies named. One of them was a boxing company, um, but it wasn't MTK. But nonetheless, they folded within a week of those sanctions. And, um, you know, I think they're inextricable links to Daniel Kinahan and uh, has to be seen as as part of the reason for that. Um, the money laundering, the wider money laundering investigation, this is the way it, it, it is at the moment. The Kinahan organisation has been identified not only now by Irish law enforcement and by Europol, it's been named in a number of Europol reports over the past few years, um, but it's been recognised now by the US as being a trans-global organised crime network. Um, and those individuals, the, the three Kinahans and their four associates have been named and are on, you know, they've been publicly named by the states. So their uh, future is pretty clear. They are wanted. Um, but when it comes to the companies around them, my understanding is that further sanctions will be coming. And this is a new form of policing. So I don't really have anything to lean back on in this because it does appear to be a blueprint for policing of these gangs who become so massive that they're, they're, they're seen as trans-global as opposed to just organised crime gangs. And the idea behind it is to for the continents to work together. I mean, Australia is also working with the, the US, with the Irish and with Europol. Um, and for them to work together, and I suppose to try and suffocate the oxygen supply to the grouping. A number of years ago, you saw Joaquin Melchapo Guzman be, uh, he was eventually caught after many years and brought to the US where he was jailed for the rest of his life. But in the background were his sons who are now running the Sinaloa cartel. And, you know, they're still very significant players and the money was all left behind, I suppose, in Mexico. In this case, what the policing plan is trying to do is to bring in the heads of the organization, but to suffocate the 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 organization that remains as it cannot continue uh, running its drugs and weapons shipments. So they're trying to basically take away the money supply. Now, the money is all really where the power comes from. They can get sanction in certain territories across the world with that money. When Kinahan Sr., certainly, who does have convictions, uh, 
Christy Kinahan Sr. has a conviction for heroin trafficking here in Ireland. He has convictions for money laundering across Europe. He's been in jail in Belgium, um, in Spain, etc. But he was still welcomed into the US, as we see from the sanctions. He was running a very successful um, aviation company and he was attending events publicly, etc. So, you know, the U United Arab Emirates um, will say that they they only deal with people without convictions, but there's a clear example of somebody who was welcomed in with a string of convictions and, and a clear background in organised crime, but who came with enough money to set up companies there, employ Emiratis, and, um, you know, he was able to move and mingle within both society and the business community there. So, you know, you got money and you can go places and you can stay places and you can gain sanctuary, but without that, it's taking another level of power away from these these cartels. Nicola, is there any sense on, you mentioned our own obviously referenced MTK, but then Pro Bellum as well as the other sort of, you know, sports promotion company that's had to sort of, you know, distance itself in some degree from Daniel Kinnan. But is there any sense where they stand at the moment now? Because obviously they're still actively sort of pushing events and involved in various events, but presumably... And they're coming under under some degree of scrutiny there. They certainly have come under a lot of scrutiny and have denied it vociferously. Um, have employed a PR company and a law firm in order to um, salvage their reputation and try and shut down any discussion about them. But not talking specifically about Probellum, but what I can say is that in the years leading up to the sanctions, um, my understanding is that the um, a lot of the Kinahan money was spread about a bit more than it previously had been. And there was attempts by them to widen the net in, in case the law enforcement came after the finances. So there are still a lot of companies that are out there that are running and that are attempting to wash the funds um, and obviously put it back into the pockets of the leaders of the organisation who are under so much pressure now. Um, you have to remember that the Kinahan Organised Crime Group is working like a massive big business conglomerate. It has huge expenses in wages every month. Um, there's a lot of people that have to be paid, that have to be kept happy. Um, even within the prison system, there are people that need to be kept on a wage and you know, keeping that up, you need to bring in a lot of money to fund that, 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 those payslips, basically. Um, you know, I don't think it's, it's um, an exaggeration to say that they have, they're paying out at least a million a month in wages to, to various people across the, the world. And that will be where the real pressure is for them because, you know, there's five million per head in uh, money for information regarding them that'll bring them in and they need to keep everybody happy and uh, they're in a very, very bad and precarious situation at the moment. But I think that we'll see as the months go on and possibly into next year, you'll see the effects of all this maybe uh, either shutting down or you'll see other businesses go to the wall as well. But again, I'm not talking about Probellum there. Um, Probellum have distanced themselves for the moment and um, while they have obviously lost certain contracts they're continuing business at the moment 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just kind of on that point then, uh, I know this is kind of more maybe the, the intricacies of, of the boxing world and what they might do next. But like, the, oh there was... God, don't ask me about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, well, like, I guess we can kind of make this kind of like a wider conversation. Just the, the point I was going to make was around um, the, the reports recently that Sky Sports asked their fighters to sign a document to confirm that they had no ties to companies previously linked uh, to Daniel Kinahan. So the letter was circulated basically a one-page code of ethics um, from Sky Sports and uh, it required each participant to deny working in any capacity with promotional outfit Probellum or the now defunct managerial conglomerate MTK Global, I should say, was um, the uh, the letter was uh, obtained by BoxingScene.com, <laughs> just to give them the, the proper credit there. So that, that would suggest to me that maybe there are actual uh, active efforts in order to prevent this stuff happening within the boxing game as opposed to a sort of, oh, well, you know, work away behind the scenes and, and we'll react accordingly and try and wash our hands of it after the fact. Yeah, but I mean, Sky would maybe need to go back a little bit further than that because, um, I mean, uh, for me, the most obvious connection there is the fact that Matthew Macklin founded MGM with Daniel Kinahan in 2012. That company went on, we were told to be sold, but it became MTK. And the US sanctions, if you look at what has been said now very publicly and on the record about the Kinahan organization. It's not that they set up in 2016. It's that they were fully operational in Europe for the last two decades. And, uh, you know, Daniel Kinahan has been clearly placed at the very top of that organization. So to me, that is the most obvious connection that there is. Um, and yet by, by not uh, going back that little bit further, they're clearly, um, you know, ignoring that fact. Uh, can I just ask, lastly, Nicola, you mentioned earlier on that there might be further sanctions incoming for the cartel and maybe those linked with it. What will those sanctions actually look like? The same is probably as what we've already seen, that, uh, you know, companies may be named and individuals may be named who are either wanted by law enforcement or with those companies, if anybody operates with them, if anybody does business with them, they end up either with huge fines or before the courts in the US. They're pretty powerful. I think you can see with the sanctions on Russia and the oligarchs, they're not something that change everything overnight. They will slowly deplete the power and and the financial prowess of companies or individuals. Um, But I think they're they're pretty damning, those sanctions. And, you know, the investigation into the Kinahan Organised Crime Group is the biggest and most transglobal that any organisation in Europe has ever seen. I think there's only been one or two Bosnian cartels that have been named before by the US. The US have enough troubles themselves with drugs. Their borders are being saturated with everything coming in over from Mexico. And they have a huge problem with with drug related deaths in the deaths as in DEATHS in the country. And they have a huge problem with drugs and weapons and gangs themselves. But for them to come on board to fight an outside gang, a European gang. It just shows the enormity of the Kinahan organisation and, um, you know, the power of policing working together. 
Sorry, Nick, that's actually just struck me. Uh, just one last question that we haven't had you on, I think, since uh, the Taylor-Serrano fight, after which there was uh, plenty of talk around potentially a, a homecoming fight for, for Katie Taylor. Uh, and some questions regarding the security threat being diminished somewhat in Ireland and that the, the Gardaí and security forces here are pretty happy or compared to the past, more happy to, to have a big bout take place in Ireland. What's your read on all that and in, in how the, the authorities view uh, a boxing event taking place in Ireland this year? I think it would certainly, um, it would certainly depend on who it was that was fighting. Um, Katie Taylor is got no links to the Kinahan organization and, you know, has a very clean record, is one of the sporting heroes of Ireland. And I've no doubt that, um, you know, a, a competition could be put on with security in regard to that. But I do think that there could be other boxers that maybe the security risk threat might be higher. The Kinahan Hutch feud has absolutely been depleted and thankfully, there haven't been murders in quite some time. But the um, underlying issues that remain between those two gangs are still there. And I don't think that here that the Guardi have um, have laid down their own weapons when it comes to it. Uh, the threat is ongoing of that feud reigniting. And despite the fact that there's many people in prison who were prepared to take part in it, there's still very many people on the outside um, you know, and, and it would be it would be naive to think that, you know, nothing could happen again. Of course, it could. Those feuds really are constantly ongoing. And um, the Kinahan organization have more problems, really, than than their rows with former colleagues here on the ground in Ireland. But nonetheless, I think that um, there is a saying about the sting of a dying wasp. That, and I don't think that the Guardi here with the success they've had would be sitting back if a boxing event was being planned that possibly could reignite any of that um, rivalries, I, I don't think they'd be sitting back and, and hoping for the best. I, I think very much so they'd be engaging on that. But I wouldn't think that the, a Katie Taylor fight would hold anything like those same risks or any risks possibly. Um, you know, she, she has no connections to it. And I think her sport is a very different a very different, her way of sport is a very different thing. Um, she is a proper sporting national hero um, and there's been no suggestion that she's been funded by anything untoward. Nicola, great stuff. Thanks a million for joining us this morning. Okay, thank you. Cheers. Uh, Nicola Talent is Investigations Editor with the Sunday World. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.